cannot play with them, cannot win with them, cannot coach with them, can't do it. I want winners. I want people that want to win. You know what it is. Welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Freestyle, where we put the fun in functional fantasy analysis. I'm your host, the spitting statistician, Dane Martinez. With me, as always, is my guy, Matty Mo Money Modica. And Matt, I know you were kind of licking your wounds after a uh, turnover-filled performance on Monday night. It's got to be tough to see. They even still had a chance to win that game. 12 men on the field. The turnovers and mistakes. How are you feeling the uh, the morning after a tough loss for the Bills in prime time? Wow, that was a terrible loss. That's probably going to keep them out of the playoffs. Their schedule is just so difficult. And, uh, I mean, look, they fired the OC this morning. That's one step. But McDermott is the guy that needs to go. He's not going to go right now because he signed that lucrative contract. And there's, he's the head coach and the defensive coordinator, so there's nobody really else to step in, unfortunately. Yeah. And, you know, but I'm rocking the Bills hat today. You are. You in, are. In I mean, you're rocking the Bills hat still. I still have Jets paraphernalia behind me. We could be with two teams, though, that are looking up at the Dolphins in the AFC East. You know, one thing I want to get into here before we go and take a look at every game from week 10, which definitely had some surprises in it, to be sure. We mentioned to folks last week about using your fab money. There's only three or four weeks left of the regular season. If you're a team, though, Matt, that's like seven and three or eight and two and think you will be in the playoffs, what are some of the things you're doing in terms of your roster construction ahead of time to get ready for the playoffs? I'm thinking about things like looking at defensive schedules. I'm thinking about things like prioritizing the handcuffs that might be still out there available. What are you doing if you do believe you are a playoff team with like three or four weeks left to go? How are you How are you organizing yourself? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the process should have started already the last week or two. Uh, and like you said, the handcuffs, obviously. And just guys that are playing really good. Uh, like, say, like a Noah Brown. Mm. Is it sustainable? I'm not sure. You know, they've had receivers out. Woods was out. and Nico Collins. But the guy's put up over 150 yards the last two weeks. He's at least showing he can be somebody for them. And with the way Stroud's playing, you want pieces. So, I mean, just, I mean, those are the things. You need to be stacking your team up as best as possible. Adding as much depth. If you play in a league where it's the place kicker, Versus the team kicker, if it's the mm. team kicker, you'll have a kicker. But if it's a place kicker, you know, maybe you want to have a second kicker. You know, things like that. Or yeah. you want two good defenses if possible. I think that is, I think that's a really good point. I mean, I am in a league where you can't make any more moves after a certain point, And you do want to double up on kicker just in case something crazy happens. You don't want to be left having to run out of zero there and kind of like the mm -hmm. first round or the semifinals or something like that. I do also want to let people know, remind you that here, week 11 on the horizon, it's the Falcons, the Colts, the Pats, and the New Orleans Saints who are on a bye. I personally believe it'll be if you're zappy and you know it, clap your hands when New England does get back into uh, games in week 12. And also, listen, some big boys are coming back. The Chiefs off their bye. Dolphins, Eagles, and Rams off their bye. So when we get into the um, kind of waiver wire discussion at the end of the show, you will hear the name Noah Brown again. But remember, um, some of those players that are coming back from bye may be available as well. But let's get into it. Last week, started on Thursday Night Football, Matt, Chicago Bears, 
took out the Carolina Panthers. I think I even said, whether it was on this pod or somewhere else, that this game has 16-13 written all over it. <laughs> and in fact, it was 16-13 Bears. What, if anything, do you take away from what you saw on Thursday night? I mean, look, DJ Moore put up a 49-point game on a Thursday night, you know, not that long ago. And his last five games is 49.3 points. So, I mean, that's really – that's the main thing. For me, listen, your boy, you were chanting earlier in the season for, for Deontay. And Foreman was kind of good again. You know, 21 carries, 80 yards. He gets the touchdown. But remember, everybody, Khalil Herbert is on the horizon as well. So we'll see what that division of labor looks like. I, but I, think I do like think Foreman has given himself at least a role in, in that offense. Okay. Like maybe like more than short yardage or the goal line work. I think he's still going to be relevant there, but yeah, probably going to be like a three-headed monster. And I do like Herbert, but it's just a shit show. Yeah, fair enough. Also, talk about a shit show over in Frankfurt, Germany on <laughs> Sunday. The Indianapolis Colts beat the Patriots. 10-6 was the final. Hopefully you had the under on that one. Like I said, if you're zappy and you know it, clap your hands. They brought him in for the last drive. It is clear to me that Mac Jones is not long for this job as QB1 in New England. You know, there's the, the kind of 50-year extension idea. And this, I, I believe the Patriots now, with one of the worst records in all of the NFL, I think it sounds crazy, but they might be in the Caleb Williams-Drake Drake May sweepstakes along with teams like the Giants or something like that, if you want to know the truth. That was the biggest takeaway for me. I think you need to fade all your Patriots, and they're going to be making moves upcoming as well. That's a easy. Yeah, I mean, I don't think, unfortunately, I don't think Zappi is much of an improvement on Mac Jones. Sure. They're both, both terrible. And look, Belichick's got to lose the GM role. Mm -hmm. And the best thing that could happen to this team is getting a quarterback. They haven't had a quarterback since Brady. So their best bet would be to go 2-15. Exactly. You know, I think in all sports, you, you, you know, if you're not really good, I think you want to be really bad. You play to win the game. I think you'd rather be really bad than be kind of in that purgatory middle mm -hmm. so that at least you can maybe get that next quarterback of the future if you do have a top three pick. And I do think that is the biggest takeaway here that, you know, it, the, the cliff is approaching for New World, for New England and Bill Belichick in a game that was a lot more exciting than the one in Germany. The Houston Texans keep on rolling. They take out Cincinnati um, 30 to 27. We were lauding CJ Stroud for the last couple of weeks. What was the thing that stood out for you in this game? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, look, Stroud's getting all the accolades. He deserves it. And, you know, everybody's just stepping up. And like Noah Brown's done these past couple of weeks. Is it sustainable? I don't know. But I'd like to have him at least on my bench right now. And the only real thing I'll take from this, besides, you know, very disappointing loss for the Bengals, mm. uh, would be Tanner Hudson as possibly that tight end bye week filler uh, or like a desperation play at that position. You got like, what, seven targets and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, okay. All right. That's definitely someone to watch when we talk about the tight ends in the uh, waiver wire portion a little bit later on. We could bring that up. You know, listen, I what we saw out of Noah Brown was great, but I would also just caution the same way I'm cautioning that Khalil Herbert is coming back in Chicago. You know, Nico Collins is going to come back as well. It's not going to be just Tank Dell and Noah Brown. And so we'll see what happens. But, but the, the previous week, it was the three of them and Robert Woods was out and he still put a hundred. I'm just saying, like, I, I get it. And everybody's saying, you know, is it sustainable? I don't know. 
But I got him on a couple of teams last week. He's still available in a couple of leagues. Mm-hmm. If he got the money, you know, I, I would take a shot. You know, if, if the guy doesn't become anything, so be it. But No, absolutely. You definitely take a shot. He's definitely better than whatever else you can find <laughs> out there probably on the wire at this point. I will let you know you're going to be shocked, but he is available, Matt, in 70% of league so if you go out there right now more than almost three out of every four of you can in fact grab noah brown and like you said i think it's something like 325 yards he's gotten Mm -hmm. over his last two games so definitely the passing offense in critical plays down the stretch if you want to crown them then crown their ass no, it's a real thing. It's a real thing. And listen, he did, I think, throw a pick, C.J. Stroud, but still the turnover ratio is great. And this is a team, you know, I, I'll say it like this. You know, you saw it in Mac Jones, and we're seeing it in C.J. Stroud. If the team misses on that first-round quarterback, this is what it looks like in New England with the Jets. Mm-hmm. If you hit with that top-10 quarterback, this is what it looks like. I mean, think about it. The Cincinnati Bengals were a laughing stock for years. They hit on Joe Burrow, all of a sudden they're a title contender year in, year out. And I know it sounds crazy, but we could be, if C.J. Stroud is him, the way you like to say, we could be entering a parallel universe where the Houston Texans are legitimate contenders for the next decade, man. I I think they definitely are trending up, and the quarterback's the most important position. Look, I mean, Stroud's getting all the accolades. He deserves all the accolades. He's a rookie, setting records. There's another guy who's basically a rookie. I mean, he's not a rookie because he played one. He had one start last year. But look at Sam Howell. Look yeah. what Sam Howell's doing. I mean, they don't have a really good line. I know he's taking a ton of sacks. But at least that's somebody to really – the Redskins have somebody to build on. Yep. You know, and he was, what, a fifth-round pick? It's true. And that should have he should have never went that way anyway. But, you know. No, it's true. I mean, and it comes down to it. Like, you either have one or you're looking for one. Right? Got, the problem with Washington is, look, Ron Rivera, I'm sure he's a nice guy. He's just really not a good coach. <laughs> you know, he's just been somebody that's been in the league for so long, and they love to recycle them, but I think it's time for him to move on. Yeah, I mean, maybe he's best as a defensive coordinator. We shall mm-hmm. see it. In, in another game, Minnesota Vikings, and listen, Dobbs continues to do it. Vikings, they've been wanting win, I think, five in a row. They take out the Saints 27-19. to 19. We had a little Jameis Winston action, but remember, the Saints are on their by so we'll see you know michael thomas banged up car banged up we'll see what it looks like after the buy what'd you take away here from dobbs yet again getting a victory i saw a clip he didn't even know where to go to the home locker room but he had enough to beat the saints what are you seeing out of this game yeah i mean he just makes it happen with his legs i was watching that first half and he just kept the plays alive ran for it where he had to and made the passes on the run I mean, it's just a fantastic pickup from the Vikings. You know, I, I just think about like not to throw salt in your wounds, but like the Jets <laughs> picked up a, like a Hobbs, like you know where they would be with that defense. And Hawkinson, you know, he really is. I mean, Hawkinson was good before that anyway, but I mm-hmm. mean, he's leaning into Hawkinson. So I mean, that's a good sign if you own those two. The only other take, the two takeaways, real quick: Olave and Jameis. Seems to be a much better connection. And Ty Chandler, if you didn't pick him up last week and he's out there, I know we're going to get to running backs, but we're talking about this game. I mean, he just looks better than Madison. I know Madison had a concussion and all that, but I I would, you know, I'd be be plugging and playing him if I I was short somebody. Otherwise, you have money punch. 
Absolutely. I reiterate both of these things. To me, I remember in the preseason, I told you, I thought TJ Hawkinson was going to be tight end two in fantasy this year. Kind of what he got in terms of a target share after the trade last year. And the fact that you got Josh Dobbs there looking for him as well. I think it really offers hope for TJ Hawkinson owners who maybe were, you know, if they were going to go with that fifth round rookie for the duration might have been a little bit of a problem. But Josh Dobbs definitely offers you hope. And I agree with the Ty Chandler call. Listen, Madison is in the protocol. But otherwise, I remember weeks ago asking you if you thought maybe Cam Akers could even leapfrog Madison. Right. And now maybe it is Chandler. He will be one of the um, heavily added guys we discuss at the running back position a little bit later on in the show. This is the Fantasy Freestyle here. Cloud 10 Podcast Network giving you what you need to win your leagues and win that cash another game that took place in the one o'clock window on sunday the pittsburgh steelers maddie again they continue to kind of look black they were getting outgained i think every week of the season going into this one and yet somehow they're one of these afc north teams that are sitting in a playoff position right now they beat the packers 23 19 for me this was a run-heavy game for Pittsburgh, Matt. I mean, Najee, 16 carries. Jalen Warren, 15 carries. Both of them were productive on some level. And then you're seeing, you know, Pickens lead the wideouts with only three catches. Is Pittsburgh turning into a more, are they changing their identity at all after Pickens, you know, unfollows them on Twitter? They got Harris, whatever it is. We've been talking about how great Jalen Warren is in terms of some juice. They found a way to use them both on Sunday, Matt. Yeah, I mean, I was shocked Pittsburgh won this game. I thought hmm. Pittsburgh, I thought Pittsburgh was going to steamroll them. To be honest with you, Jordan Love came out there, you know, just hitting on all these passes. Yep. I was very befuddled by this game. I did a big parlay. I did the Steelers and the Bills. Yeah, and then I sweated out the Steelers game, and then the start of the fourth quarter of the Bills game when it was fifteen fifteen, uh, it was Broncos plus two. So I basically bought out my bet. Right, and I should have hit the middle. If, if, if there wasn't 12 men on the field, I, I know. The Listen, uh, still- I have I have similar things where the Bills were a lax like in the parlay. I decided to hedge beforehand and I took Broncos money line at plus 310. Um, and the Bills were one of my entries in a knockout pool that I really needed that could have been uh, you know, a nice little payout. And uh, so when that field goal was missed at the end by Lutz, I was like, oh, they still win, but then even more yeah. ridiculous. On that side, but I think you're right there about Pittsburgh and Green Bay. Go ahead. Yeah, just real quick. I mean, Kenny Pickett is like just a little better version of Zach Wilson. Right. He really, I thought he'd be better. Uh, and just on the Packers side, Watson is just unusable right now. He is just, he doesn't even get like, if he gets 40 yards in a game, you're excited. And Dobbs is still touchdown dependent. That's my takeaway from this game. Yeah, fair enough. He is touchdown dependent. You may hear the name of another Packers wide receiver when we get to the waiver wire portion Mm -hmm. of the show. That's a tease for you to continue listening here to the fantasy freestyle. As we keep going on, listen, Baker and the Bucks just keep on keeping on. They beat the Tennessee Titans 20 to 6. For me, this was Will Levis coming back to earth a little bit. Um, you know, completing less than 50% of his passes going 19 to 39 under the 200 yard mark. Um, so that was something for me. And there's also, mm-hmm. listen, King Henry, this is now, this is a 24 yard effort. And there have been four or five times this week where, I mean, this year 
where Henry has not delivered anything for fantasy managers. Yes, he still has some of those blow-up games, but I know everybody wants to be the smartest person in the room and kind of project and anticipate the fall of someone like King Henry, but like, how do you view Derrick Henry moving forward? He's not like that top three back anymore. He's not that number one RB in a first-round draft pick anymore. What do you expect from Derrick Henry rest of the season, Matt? Uh, you know what? I really don't know. I've been fading him the last couple of years, and yeah. I was dead wrong on that, and I continued to fade him this year. Uh, this game simply, to me, was won by the big uglies. It was the defensive line versus the offensive line, and the Bucks won that battle. I mean, Levitz was pressured a lot, and then once this team gets behind, it's, you know, it's kind of like game over for Henry, you know, so... yeah. You know, I mean, the only real takeaway was Sean White continues to do it in the in in the passing game. You know, he had you know only a couple of catches, but he took one of them to the house on seventy yards. Is really nice play. You know, Mike Evans is is the guy in the passing game for Tampa. Godwin, I know, was at an illness, uh, but you know, it's it's basically Evans. I mean, Godwin. Is you know he gets those ten points sometimes you know a little more he's been a little underwhelming to say, you know but he's he's still a a decent player you know it's not like you you're losing your season because you have Godwin right. attention. Right. Um, San Francisco certainly looked back. They take out the Jaguars in Jacksonville, thirty four to three. It's amazing what can happen if you get Trent Williams and Debo Samuel back and a little bit of rest after the bye. What do mm -hmm. you take away from this one, Matt? Uh, I mean, they just dominated. Uh, it was good to see. They got healthy. They had to buy. And they just whooped them. They whooped them from beginning to end. Uh, it was really never a contest. Christian Kirk is the number one wide receiver in Jacksonville. The number two receiving option is the tight end. Ingram. Not Calvin Ridley. Yeah. So, I mean, it was just an awful day for Jacksonville. They really didn't have a chance in this game. Yeah, good to see Brock Purdy get back on track too. No, I think that's fair, and you know, a lot of people were asking me about Ridley as well. You know, and I think you're right; he is the third option behind Evan Ingram, behind Kirk. The only thing I will say is that the schedule opens up a little bit for Jacksonville. Their last three games, they played some good pass defenses. They played some good defenses: Jacks, um, San Francisco, New Orleans, Pittsburgh. You know, and they do have pass defenses like the Bengals and the Bucks on the horizon. So there's there's a universe where it could get better for Trevor Lawrence and some of these weapons in Jacksonville. What may have been a game of the day in the mm -hmm. AFC North. I mean, the Ravens had this one, but then the Browns come back. A pick six from that Ravens defense, I mean, from that Cleveland defense. We've been extolling as elite the entire time. And another week, Matt, they give up 31 points, but they still get your between 15 and 20 fantasy points. That Cleveland defense and the Browns take out the Ravens um, in the last seconds, 33-31, what'd you see in this one? Uh, I mean, just it was just amazing. The uh, Ravens led the game for like 59 and a half minutes. Like the yeah. opening play was a pick six. And even the Ravens defense got you like around 15 yeah. points. So, I mean, it was just nuts. Keaton Mitchell is the guy we got to talk about here. He mm -hmm. flashed on that 39-yard rushing touchdown. Mm -hmm. And then I think it was the next drive or the drive after, he dropped that touchdown. In the end zone, like he's got to catch that. Uh, but I think this guy needs to get more touches. They're saying he's going to get more touches. I, I, I think it's evident. You know, this guy has shown enough. The one from the Brown side, 
Uh, Kareem Hunt, I know Ford had 100 yards rushing. You know, he, he's a tough runner and all that. But it looks like Kareem Hunt is the green zone guy. Like inside yeah. that 10 or especially inside that 5, they're going to hunt, especially in the last two games. And one last note. I called him the book of Elijah. He's been the bust of mm. Elijah. He got a touchdown. Hallelujah. Yay. <laughs> We're talking about Mr. Moore there over on Cleveland. I just want to echo what you're saying. You know, Keaton Mitchell definitely has the juice, right? Uh, looks more explosive. I think, though, he's really kind of signaling the end of relevancy for Justice Hill. You know, and I, I think that Edwards, however, you talk about the green zone, the goal line touches. Gus Edwards is still going to be that back that gets the touchdowns. M Mitchell, if anything, is going to be the guy who scores from 25 yards out, you know, or has those kind of explosive plays. And I know everyone sees Keaton Mitchell and he is a darling. But quite frankly, if you have Gus Edwards at this point, based on where you probably got him either in drafts or early season on the waiver wire, he is the diamond for you. He is the differentiator for you, in my opinion because he's going to still score touchdowns for the Ravens. I mean, I would agree that justice is most at risk, and it's going to be Gus inside the five. Yeah. But again, they stuck with justice late in that game. He late, scored late. a touchdown, and they took it off the board, like probably a holding or a whatever it was on, on the offense. So, I mean, I'm very interested in Thursday night's game. First mm -hmm. off, I mean, it's just a you it's follow game. Lamar. Lamar, though, we got to point out, he had a couple of horrific passes. Keaton Mitchell dropped the one. He he dropped it in, and that's that's on Keaton Mitchell. But he threw a terrible pick, and he had Zay Flowers for a touchdown. I mean, he was the defense yep. was beat, and it was just a bad pass. I still don't know how the Ravens lost that game. Just Listen, a lot of the times when the Ravens lose, they lose weird. Remember, like the Colts? Yeah. Early in the season was a similar kind of thing. That's how that's there's the only tweet. way the Ravens lose. There's a tweet. In the last two years, they've lost, I think, seven games in the fourth quarter where they've had like a 75% yeah. win probability. Yeah. Which is kind of amazing. They have a good coach. It's a good team. It's just yep. that's just that's kind of the only way they lose is when there's this odd stuff happens. Uh, playoffs another thing that may not be too odd is uh you know you get your starting quarterback you get your starting running back back and you can get back in the win column i'm talking about the <laughs> arizona cardinals they get you know kyla murray back they get your guy concrete connor the terminator <laughs> who goes 17 carries 73 yards and the cardinals listen Everybody was thinking they were going to be the worst team in the league. That's not the case. Kyler's going to get them a few more wins. And I also, we've been talking about this guy for a while. I believe in McBride rest of the season as a tight end. I don't think he's out there much anymore, but eight catches, 131 yards. And it seems like Kyler being under center, you know, McBride's going to serve as a security blanket for him as well. I'm encouraged by some of the weapons you could have with the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, you saw Kyler make that scramble play. I mean, that was just a great sign seeing him like yes. a year removed. The ref almost play. tripped him though, like 10 yards in the backfield. <laughs> I mean, that was, that was, and yeah, uh, Trey Bake McBride, uh, throw a little ba a baseball reference there in there. Uh, I mean, two of the last three games, he's got eight and 10 receptions, getting targeted a bunch in two of those last three, 95, 133 yards. Uh, so, I mean, they have some weapons here now. Arizona's in like, that catch 22 thing. Do they start winning games 
Uh, are they keeping Kyler? Are they shopping Kyler? And there's a lot of other teams that are bad in this league, too, that I think are probably maybe worse than them, like the Giants, the Patriots. Yep. <laughs> you know, I mean, Carolina as well. Even though Carolina doesn't have that pick, it goes to the Bears. But, you know, so uh, that'll be interesting. That'll be a nice, uh, you know, I don't know what they call it in football. We call it the hot stove in baseball. Right, right, right. It's the same kind yeah. of thing. And yeah. and to be quite honest, Matt, I think, I think they're showcasing Kyler. On some level, you know. Yeah, no, but what if they win? Like, what if they finish with like six wins? Six wins? Then he's going to be their quarterback know, moving forward. I mean, he's already got that contract, yeah. right? And and to be yeah, honest, no. if anything, what they need to do is inflate his value. And that's why you're also starting to hear good things about Kyler Murray come out of Cardinals camp. It's not that he's on his iPad playing video games as much anymore. You know, it's that yeah, he can act his rehab. I think they're trying to. Um, we got to be fair too. I don't know if Cl- Cliff Kingsbury's offense. That's fair. It was more of a college type thing. And That's I don't fair. know how good of a coach he was. I don't think yeah. you'll see him at least head coaching in the NFL for some time. <laughs> All right. Let, let, a couple more games I want to go through, but I, I'm not sure how much there really is here. Uh, the Lions and the Chargers put on a show. All right. And Detroit wins 41 38. Um, going for it on fourth down, left and right. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, though, Matt, like, we know what these teams are, and there are definite high-end kind of weapons on these teams that are on fantasy rosters that are started week to week, whether it's Eckler and Keenan Allen, whether it's Gibbs, whether it's Laporta, whether it's the Sun God, both of these quarterbacks as well. Don't we kind of know who these teams are, and we want to get as many pieces as we can? Yeah, I I mean, the, the Chargers kind of impressed me to hang around in this game and I know Quentin Johnson had a touchdown, but he dropped a, what would have yeah. been a touchdown. That was just a terrible drop. Uh, one of the biggest takeaways for me in this game was that 2-3 turn was if you took Keenan Allen or not. And right. for me, it was like Keenan Allen or like T. Higgins. I saw that. I took T. Higgins. I saw that on, on social media as well. People lamenting you know, that they took like a, a DK Metcalf or a T Higgins or something like that. Well, I was as opposed to Keenan Allen. I was right on that. He had a good game today, but I mean, he's had a, you know, for where he went. <laughs> yeah, but Keenan Allen's almost like the boring league winner. Because year in, year out, as long as he is healthy, you can mark him down for seven catches. Yeah, a game. Just you check can mark that him shoulder. down. I'm, I'm praying he's all right. That, you know, the shoulder injury, you know, he came right. back in the game, but hopefully everything's good. All right, we'll see what happens there. And another game that I don't know how much there is to say. I mean, Dallas took care of an inferior opponent led by Tommy DeVito. Hey, forget about it. CeeDee Lamb continues to be a beast. Another 11 catches, another 150 spot and a touchdown. We know what he is. And I guess like on the Giants side, you just keep running out Saquon, but I kind of feel bad for him. Yeah, he's like... You know, RB2 at best right now or more of a flex play. I mean, it's just that's how bad that offense is. Uh, see, it's either Lamb's world, 617 yards in his last few yeah. games. But Tony Pollard, hmm. Tony Pollard has one game over 72 yards. He had two touchdowns in week one, zero touchdowns. He has one game where he had 80 yards receiving. Otherwise, it's like less than 40. And in that game against the Chargers where he had 80 yards, it was a 60-yard pass play that he broke off. Uh, you know, that's just been pretty wild to see there. In my opinion, look, Dallas has played two really good teams. They got crushed by the Niners. And honestly, they should have beat Philadelphia. Hmm. They, they right. really probably should have beat Philly in uh, in Philly. But I still don't know what this team is 
against the upper echelons. I really want to see that. I know they won in beating the Chargers. I don't know how great of a win that is. That upper echelon, right? The Jets and the Bears. Yeah. To me, I'm curious. To me, it's kind of like similar things that we've talked about with like the Dolphins and the AFC, right? Mm -hmm. Against bad teams, they look like world beaters, you know? But when they step up in class, you know, kind of their their flaws are a little bit exposed. Going into last week, Matt, you talked about a game you were very interested in seeing, and it kind of delivered to be a kind of nail-biter until the end where the Seattle Seahawks took out the Commanders 29-26 for me. Just as we thought Jahan Dotson could have been a thing again, he gets the bagel. Um, But I will say (laughs) something on the bright side on that offense, and we've mentioned this guy's name, but Logan Thomas seems to be... um, you know, only five catches, 40 yards, but like at the tight end position, you could do a lot worse. And he does seem to be at least a stable piece of the passing game for me in Washington. Yeah, he's out. I mean, if he's your bench tight end, that's fantastic. You know, when you got to start him, you start him. He's not going to have these big weeks every week, but he's put up a couple of big ones. Uh, I mean, Sam Howell's been giving this team a chance to win. Uh, The sacks, you know, he had a period where he was just, getting crushed with them. It's getting a little better. Again, this is really his like rookie season yep. that he's out there actually playing. And one of the crazy stat lines in this game is B-Rob. Six targets, six receptions, 119 yards. You know, uh, I mean, DK came up big at the end. Lockett played well. Even JSN got some work in. Key for them was Geno, zero interceptions. Walker took the one catch he had for a 64 yards touchdown, but I think Charbonnet outsnapped him again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. We've been talking about that, how the rookie running backs kind of ascend, and we'll keep an eye out for that mix as well in Seattle. Now, I listen, still think Walker's, Walker's the guy they need, though, because as much as he's going to get stuffed from time to time, he's that guy that is just game breaking. He makes those game breaking plays, yeah, know, those 60, 80 yard plays. Absolutely. In the same way that I don't want to pour salt in the wounds for you on Monday night, let's not let's not talk too much about what Sunday night was. Either the Vegas Raiders take out the Jets 16 to 12. The one thing I will say about this is under new head coach or interim head coach Antonio Pierce, I'm going to make a bold claim the same way I did with Dalton Kincaid a couple of weeks ago. Outside of Christian McCaffrey, I believe Josh Jacobs could be the highest scoring running back for the rest of the season. I mean, in the two games under Pierce, uh, 27 carries on Sunday night. That coming off 26 carries against the Giants. He's getting into the end zone both times. I think he's like RB5 overall. But I listen, there's not really many people I'd put above him, especially with this new identity that it looks like Pierce is trying to bring to the Raiders. Um, Jacobs is going to be fed the rock a ton. Yes, he will be. Uh, as far as the receivers go, with AOC at quarterback, he's kind of killed Jacoby. Jacoby Myers was having the one good thing Jimmy G did well was he fed Jacoby. And so there's that. I mean, Garrett Wilson to me is him. I, mm-hmm. I know, like, we joke around and use that one. I, we were robbed of this breakout season. Yeah. I mean, the guy, he's getting the targets. It's just it's like these passes were just a little more catchable. You saw him make that big catch where he got rocked and bobbled yep. at the end. And, you know, I, and I thought for a second he was going to jump up and catch that Hill Mary. Like, he I thought so, too. over the top. 
And there's other uh, just small nuances where, like, he still makes a catch, but the throw is a little bit behind him, so he can't go for as much yak. You know what I mean? And, and he's not in much, stride. As much as I, you know, criticize Zach Wilson, I think you have to be fair. And if the Jets' commitment was Zach Wilson, why they didn't tailor the offense to him? They basically left Aaron Rodgers' offense with Zach Wilson. And it's, like, mind-boggling, yeah. you know, because the kid's got a strong arm and he's got feet. He's just shell-shocked in the pocket. Just This is just a crazy stat. 931 attempts in his career. He has 20 touchdowns. Wow. 20 passing touchdowns. Wow. That <laughs> is Jets uh, just don't score touchdowns. That's not the percentage – you want to hear. I mean, if you were watching the telecast, I think it was Matt Berry's like biggest prop of the game was the Greg Zerline kicking prop, and it hit in the first quarter, you know, because that's, once that's they the took it that touchdown, it took what two touchdowns off the board in that sequence. Zach went out of bounds, and then uh, Brees scored, and it was a holding. That was it. Just get that touchdown. They probably win that game. They just, Listen, they got to score like one touchdown in the game. There's a lot of woulda, coulda, shouldas when it comes <laughs> to this Jets season. All right, let's move to my favorite part of the show, getting getting Matt's reactions to some of the heavily added guys out there on the waiver wire as you get ready for week 11. I remember telling you on by Atlanta, Indy, New England, and New Orleans. You got guys like the Chiefs, the Rams, the Dolphins, and the Eagles back. Let's start with the running backs here, Matt. We mentioned a lot of these guys. Uh, Ty Chandler. Heavily mm-hmm. added, only 5% on rosters. Remember, Madison in the concussion protocol. Keaton Mitchell still out there in half of leagues and someone you can get. And the other name that's interesting to me, we keep on talking about the Houston passing game, but Devin Singletary, 30 carries, 150 yards, and a tud as Pierce was still down. He's available in around half of leagues as well. Who are you prioritizing out of that group? Is it Ty Chandler, given how you've been down on Madison the whole time? I want winners. He'd be number two. I still think you got to get Keaton Mitchell. Okay. It's that offense is just too good. And this guy just, I mean, just the eye test <laughs> looks too good. Like I said, he dropped a touchdown. That's on him. And I know it's crowded, but I think they're going to make it work for him. All right. Fair enough. I do think, listen, I do think Chandler is interesting because of your point. Very. Not only is it a potential fill in when Madison's in the protocol, but Minnesota was looking to augment this running back room, you know, for a while. That's why they brought in Cam Akers. That's why they've been in the discussion for other backs as well. So I think Chandler, you know, by the time we hit December, could really be helping you out in your fantasy playoffs. Um, on the wide receiver side, Matt, Noah Brown, who we talked about, 325 yards in his last two weeks, 13 catches in his last two weeks for that Houston pass game. And the other name I'll throw out there, I teased it before, is Jaden Reed in Green Bay. He's only on rosters mm-hmm. in about a quarter of leagues, you know, got the touchdown. You talk about how Watson and Dubs is touchdown dependent. Watson can't seem to connect. And Reed has been getting more and more opportunity as the weeks go along. Um, but you like Noah Brown, right? You think he needs to, if available, he needs to get added. I want winners. I think so. I mean, I, 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 it's not like he's having like one catch for 80 yards. And right. He, he just busted one play. Uh, if you're really desperate, which I don't, I think, look, weeks nine and 10 to me were like the two roughest weeks. I knew that coming in. Uh, those are past, thank God. It was more for last week, but if you, if perchance injuries and you just need a receiver, uh, if you're a T. Higgins owner, especially, uh, Trenton Irwin. Hmm. Is somebody throwing? He got the touchdown. He didn't get as many targets as he got earlier in in the time. I guess uh, Hudson kind of took that role over. But he's like that desperation guy. 
if you needed somebody. I, I know it's a tough uh, Ravens defense, but you got to think that, you know, there's got to be somebody else besides yeah. Chase. That's gonna- and you're right, with short week, it does look like T. Higgins is going to be missing this one as well. Um, going over to the tight ends real quick, you mentioned one guy, um, you know, same kind of names out there. McBride, if he's available, Schultz. Well, McBride's available. About. I mean, there's, of course, there's but- very... But I'm saying there's very few that I would want over him. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But he's, you know, kind of uh, on rosters at a higher percentage. Okay. Um, one name I'd throw out there because I think he may have been forgotten about because he's now down to only 35% owned in leagues. Coming back from the injury sometime soon is uh, is Fryermuth in Pittsburgh. And I think he is worth a check because when he's available, you know, he's a real part of this passing game. So I would say of the tight ends, give a check and see if someone drops Fryermuth before the Pittsburgh buy and with the injury, because he can some be someone who has some uh, utility for you moving forward. What are you thinking at the tight end spot? Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with Fryermuth. I think he's supposed to be back this week or there's a very good chance. I think so. I picked him up last week where I could get him. I know in a tight end premium league, where we had like 50 bucks left. We've been close to like 40 and we had, we, I think we had at least one or two good tight ends. And, but in that we have multiple flexes and I was shocked. We got him uncontested. I was like, how is this possible? Like, yeah. So and yeah, that's a yeah, smart yeah, move. Do it like a week early. Right. Yeah. The one quarterback I would definitely say we still have there. If you haven't picked up Josh Dobbs and you, oh, yeah. you, know, you need a backup or something, I got him for $4 last week. He was a traditional not even like my top pick. I, I missed out on the first couple of guys. And I'm starting him this week, you know, especially against the, the, the Broncos who they can't stop the run. And this guy's willing to run. He too, is. So, he is you know, willing to run. It's going to be he, interesting. Yeah. And he's feeding Addison. He's feeding Hawkinson. And we'll see what happens when JJ gets back on the horizon. But there you do have it. That is a sprint looking back at week 10, getting you ready for the waiver wire running here for week 11. Only a couple of weeks left. So if you um, need to make the move, make the move. And if you're kind of, you know, see yourself as a playoff team, as we talked about, stack your team, double up on defense or kicker if need be based on the league and the settings that you have. And it is time to cast aside that fifth or sixth wide receiver for someone who can play a role even as a handcuff on your team. Real quick before you sign off, just remember week 13, Lamar, Josh Allen are on buys. So, you know, if you're fighting for that playoff spot, make sure you have somebody that's good. Yeah, absolutely. Anticipate that for the stretch run. We will be back next week getting you ready for week 12 and for the Thanksgiving holiday. Be sure to get ready for that. Remember, like, follow, subscribe, drop a five-star review as always. But this is another episode of the Fantasy Freestyle for my guy. Matty Modica, I'm merely the spitting statistician Dane Martinez. Hopefully we're giving you what you need to win your leagues and win that cash. It's another episode of the Fantasy Freestyle in the books. We'll see you next time. Peace. If you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. <laughs>